Broadcast Network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Oh, AfterBuzz TV. The destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hey, hey there, AMC Turn fans. Welcome to another edition of the Turn After Buzz After Show. I am so excited to talk about tonight's episode. Joining me tonight, Kristen Carroll. Hi, I'm back. Thank you so much for coming back. It's so... I feel like a guest star. I'm like a co-host right now. I'm well, sorry. Oh, no. I, it, the show isn't nearly as much fun without having you to talk to. to Nobody wants to you. hear me pontificate by myself. That's a crossword puzzle word right there. You just dropped <laughs> SAT word dropped. <laughs> we are here tonight to talk about episode eight, Providence. I'm your host, Megan Salinas, and uh, if you guys want to participate in the conversation, feel free to use the hashtag ABTVTurn, or you can tweet at me at the Menguin. That's T H E M E N G U I N. Kristen, do you want to throw your Twitter handle out there? Uh, it's at Kristen Carroll13. Yeah. Nice and easy. Perfect. So, this was a huge episode tonight. Um, it wasn't as shocking or dark as it was last week. I can't believe I missed that one. I, was, <laughs> I watched it, um, for those of you who don't know, I was on location at a, at a television shoot and was there for hours and I couldn't watch until I got home on Tuesday night. So that was like one of the first things I did when I got home. I was like, okay, I have to watch Term because like yes. I saw their Twitter like going crazy. <laughs> Since you weren't here, do you want to give your two cents on last week's episode? Um, I'll, yeah, I can do something really quick. I'm just, I mean... How they structured it, I thought it was really cool because it was something we hadn't seen before. Yeah, it was so something new it, for the show. It was a great direction for it. Um, obviously, Ian did amazing, and I listened to that interview, and I'm so sad I missed him. I was bummed you the weren't there, too. And um, also, Burn. I mean, he just, I mean, he, so he ripped good. it up. It was um, just a really great performances, and, and what a way to kind of evolve the story. Yeah, it was. It, I I agree with you. I thought the structure was really good because it was something that they hadn't tried before, mm-hmm. um, just with the narrative, and and I thought that was really great. Very dark though. This mm-hmm. week we had a, things a little bit more on the lighter side. We were joking. It felt a little bit like Pirates of the Caribbean at some point <laughs> yes, with Caleb. <laughs> He was. It was all of a sudden going to be like Captain Caleb Brewster. <laughs> that music would have been perfect. It right really would now. have. It's I feel too like, bad it's not owned by Disney. I feel, I feel like they like, own everything. Yeah, I feel time. like somebody could just take clips of like Caleb's <laughs> adventures and just string it along to He's a Pirate, and it would all fit perfectly. I feel like we lost so many important things to this episode. <laughs> the, the hair. Hair has been gone. I was gonna say, yeah. We lost so much hair today. Like the the tables have completely flipped because people who didn't have beers before. I I really did. It was really. I tried (laughs) my best. (laughs) Fine. The tables have turned. There. Are you happy? Yes. People who had beards no longer have beards. People who didn't have beards before now they have beards because they've been in prison. John Andres. 
Braid is gone. <laughs> Cats and dogs living together is pandemonium. <laughs> Mass hysteria. <laughs> but um, let's go ahead and start this episode talking um, a little bit about, since since you brought up the beards and since we're talking about Caleb anyway, let's talk about um, Caleb and Ben uh, at the start of this episode because they come upon, they, they came to Hewlett's rescue, but they were way too late and mm-hmm. they had the pardon too. <laughs> they, they come across the pardon among the carnage and it, Ben just kind of feels like this is a death sentence for Abe mm-hmm. and Caleb is the one saying, hey, we have another option. And I love that he kind of, I miss Caleb. You know, we've seen him in little parts and stuff, but I really liked this episode was a little more Caleb-centric. And that, you know, Ben, although his heart's in the right place, and he's kind of, he he hasn't been as, um, his plans haven't worked out. Him and Washington a little bit have, they've made these ideas and it hasn't quite worked out quite as well. And um, I love that Caleb goes. This is my plan. <laughs> this one's gonna work. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Ben. You're gonna have to Your stay home plan for this one. took a month. My plan, I'm gonna get in and out in like a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Watch and learn. And I love that. And I love that we were able to. I, I I was kind of thinking like maybe that would be his demise was at the end of this episode. I don't know if I just you know certain shows on AMC and HBO like I'm watching and I'm going shoot we've been trained to expect death mm-hmm. um, and especially especially just even this show just a couple episodes ago showed us that people we thought were safe aren't actually safe because this is history adjacent you jerk show who killed Nathaniel that wasn't cool <laughs> so it has us on edge anybody. Mm-hmm within reason can die obviously George Washington's not going to die anytime soon but but that that the show has proved to us that just because it's a historical show they're not afraid to kill people mm-hmm. so yeah it does have us a little bit on edge for people like Caleb who we love and who is willing to put himself in the line of fire but he wasn't president of the United States <laughs> exactly you can't really change that too yeah much. no uh, <laughs> no you can't but again with Caleb you're absolutely right he is the most fun to watch when he is on a mission mm-hmm. and the, the last time we saw him was when he and Rogers went toe to toe together and that was hilarious and I didn't think it could get better than that. And then we get this little outing, and then we get Caleb and a turtle, <laughs> which we, um, for those of you who don't know, the turtle actually was a real invention. It yeah, was built in 1775. You can see a replica in the UK. They have a couple like those and on display. And um, I thought it was interesting. I was reading about it before you know we got in. We were looking up everything before we got on the show. <laughs> the other go, show okay. went a little late, so we had some time to which prep. Is good <laughs> and. I thought the fun, funny thing with that is it wasn't, you know, he used it in this episode to sneak into New York, and I thought that was creative that way, but they had actually used it to put explosives under the British ships in the harbors, and which sometimes didn't help the turtle. Because <laughs> I was reading in, in 1776, like supposedly it had gone, you know, it gone down with one of the ships, and then they were shooting anything that looked like a keg in the water. <laughs> to make up for it. so. Well, and again, that's just a fascinating bit of history because prior to this, I had never heard about that because mm-hmm. we don't we don't study cool stuff in school, unfortunately. <laughs> we just kind of look at like kind of the major bulletin points and we don't hear about 
about the little things, you know, that actually transpired. I think if we probably had been like a history, like U.S. history major, I would hope that they kind of delve into that aspect of it a little bit more, but there is so much going on. And I do feel like sometimes that kind of stuff would be really fascinating to learn. Or as an earlier age, I think it would get more people <laughs> more into school. Honestly, it's one of the more fascinating bits. And it's something that I'm sad to say school doesn't really focus on. Because if I had, like, one of the things I'm loving about this season is the really cool kind of steampunky uh, inventions that they're using, which were real inventions. Mm-hmm. And I look at this, I'm like, that's so clever that they came up with this for the show. It's like, no, these were real inventions inventions that actually were used during the war and and like uh, you know part of that is just ignorance on my part mm-hmm. um, but I think it's a huge disservice that we don't know about these things I wish I knew more well thank you AMC yeah thank the you AMC you know. <laughs> and thank you Alexander Wait, for writing an awesome book so <laughs> yeah, exactly. so um, anyway so but um, I loved the introduction of this device and I loved the way that Caleb used it and probably my favorite part in this entire sequence was him counting down to what he thought was 10 minutes. And I was like, then again, my math was never really all that great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it going off a little later than he expected. Yeah, that was a great moment. And um, then that's where he does almost the Captain Jack Sparrow moves where he's shooting guys. And It was. It was a great escape. Jumping around. Yeah. And what a great way to go in there. And he's always been a guy. I think he almost does better on his own. Like, whenever he has a group, it it slows him down. I think that's Rogers to an extent as well, is even though he had his group, it's always, he's always the one kind of making the big yeah, moves. As long as Rogers can call the shots, it, it's the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're absolutely right. Caleb is at his best when he doesn't have an authority to answer to. Anytime anybody else gets involved, bureaucracy gets involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, protocol gets involved. Chain of command gets involved. Caleb doesn't have time for any of that when his friend's life is on the line. Mm-hmm. So he just kind of says, you know, nicks to that and just does anything he can to get through. And I loved his plan to get a disguise. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm just going to say it. No wonder the British are, are losing at this point. They're having a little too much fun in their tents. We haven't seen anything Clearly. like that on the American side. Like They're just <laughs> deprived. Yeah, no, no. The poor Americans are just like hanging out in the woods waiting for orders. Exactly. That's why they're like, we have got to win this war. <laughs> the British are like, hey, we got some ladies up in here. But we see that Caleb's a good tipper, so he's able to obtain a costume, all right. And something that shocked us, absolutely shocked us, was seeing Caleb without a beard. He has such a baby face. It's it's adorable. It was possibly the cutest thing I've ever seen. Uh, And you can just tell he's having a ball, having all of these British officers stop and, you know, salute him as he's walking by. And he's like, I could get used to this. This is pretty great. It, he, I, I'm surprised Abe recognized him so quickly. <laughs> I think I it definitely wouldn't have known who it was right away. <laughs> well, because it looked like he had taken a shower, too, which is yeah. something Abe desperately needs. I feel like most of this cast needed it in this episode. <laughs> At, well, most everybody has been out in the wilderness for some time. Yeah, Simcoe, hiding in animals. Yeah, Simcoe shot. and the Queen's Rangers are, are out there, and you know, Simcoe's still injured, so they can't really move at a quick pace. Hewlett 
yeah, he's been in, you know, imprisoned and he's having a hard time and we'll get to him. And Abe's been in prison. <laughs> Which I kind of like that he's kind of built up a camaraderie with his fellow prisoners now mm-hmm. because he's not the worst of them anymore. Now uh, now Gareth's the worst for being a snitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is great that he's able to make them kind of come together as well and they still think he's a spy for the wrong, t- wrong <laughs> side, which is perfect. I was a little, um, I don't know, disappointed in him when he saw Caleb. Yeah, it I was... Mean, like you said, prison changes men, but... <laughs> well, it's... It, I, I don't know, it was harsh. It's a hard scene to watch because as enjoyable as it was to see Caleb hop into the turtle, you know, make his way past guards, get a costume, get in disguise, and waltz down New York, you know, it, as in entertaining and as fun as that was, he put his life on the line. He mm-hmm. was risking everything exactly. to go and, and Abe save just like, Abe. I didn't ask you to do that. Yeah, and he's like, get out of here. What are you... Like, I, I'm waiting for Hewlett. And even when he hears that Hewlett's dead, Abe is like, no, there's still a chance that we could turn this around. This, you know, I need to be here. There's somebody else who can who can complete our circle for us. And he's absolutely right, because that's uh, that's Townsend. But yeah, I'm I'm with you. It was it's really hard because all obviously all of these characters care deeply about each other. But it's really hard to see them at odds and to mm-hmm. see them like kind of brush each other off, especially after such a huge risk. Yeah, and they've known each other for so long and I just felt I don't know if too much time has gone by and he has a certain way. I still think if he would have left with Caleb I don't know. I don't think it would have well, been that bad. It, uh, the problem is, is that if um, if he escapes from prison, then that basically confirms his it, the the story he's been denying the entire time that he's a spy. So he can't go home if that's the case because it's admitting to being a criminal by escaping. And but because he's maintained his innocence throughout the entire time that he's been there. Um. And now that, you know, Hewlett's back, his chances have gone up, and he'll probably eventually get out okay. But, um, you know, assuming nothing else happens to Hewlett. But but Hewlett was supposed to write and say, he is a spy for our side. Yeah, exactly. But Caleb was dressed up as British, and he could have said, hey, Hewlett's dead, I'm his third and then take him out that way like i don't see where that would have necessarily the, been a problem the disguise can only get you so far you would have out, yeah but if you, you get him out of the door nobody seemed to notice it would only work for so long um if this was like a fun romp of a movie then absolutely but because this is a long-running series that tries to stay a little bit more grounded um like there's no way he would have been able to get out without some sort of documentation and caleb can pretend but he can't forge documents i don't think I feel like he can do anything. <laughs> That's true. Although with the beard gone, I don't know. I don't the know. magic's gone. <laughs> I'm not sure. Although I did love that he's like, do you have any idea what I did to get here? I shaved off my beard for you. <laughs> that is commitment. That's love. <laughs> that That's is true love. That is true friendship right mm-hmm. there. Um, but 
But Abe makes up. A, I mean, ultimately, I think Abe made the right decision given what we know. But it was a huge leap of faith on his part because he doesn't know what we know. That's mm-hmm. a, you know a little bit of dramatic irony because we have more information than he does. But what this does is it puts Caleb in a position to coerce Townsend into actually officially becoming a part of the Culper Ring, and he's probably better at it than Abe was. Well, and again, he's been established in New York for some time. He's not going to be a passerby. And if they have a permanent resident in New York, Abe no longer has to make trips out there. Unnecessary trips out there because he's not working on his law degree. So, yeah, basically, Abe wouldn't have um, wouldn't have to come in and out of New York anymore. He could stay in Setauket, conceivably stay a little safer, or go out on other assignments where they need him more. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. That here's yeah here's hoping that um, Caleb isn't too forceful then because <laughs> he's great and he's hilarious and charismatic, not always diplomatic. <laughs> no, but I think we tried dip, uh, diplomacy with Townsend and he's such a baby. <laughs> well, what <laughs> I like I like the way his father put it. Like you're wearing him down. You just gotta wear him down enough. Caleb doesn't like, you know, the rigmarole. He doesn't like, he's direct and to the point. So maybe that's what Townsend needs. And I love that. I'm a little bit more that way to an extent. I'm just kind of like, let's just do this. <laughs> and so when I watch him and, and the fact that he is going over to Townsend, I feel like he's going to get the job done. Well, and it's possible too, because Townsend might not know what's happened to Abe. So he might just have been mulling this over in his head for a month, which for over a month now, mm-hmm. which is what um, which is what his father said to do. He's like, give it another month. It's been over a month now, so now he's probably getting antsy, waiting for Abe to come back and convince him to join the Culper Ring. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see where that goes. Um, but let's let's move on a little bit because we actually had uh, a. Ian uh, dropped and kind of teased this a little bit last week, but we had the introduction of a very prominent historical character in tonight's episode, and that's Lafayette. I was not expecting that Um, when they when they name dropped him. I I was shocked. I, I was like, oh, wow, that that's it. That's our big historical figure for this week. I love the fact, too, we were talking about it, that. The the little details that Ian and all of them um, put into their characters, but particularly in this one point when he first sees the marquee, he doesn't know what's going on, and he gives him a kiss and a kiss, and we're friends, <laughs> and we love everybody. And then, but he he looked a little like, okay, what is this guy doing? A little but then trepidatious, the time, yeah. Uh, when that happened later, after it's official that they have an alliance he he was smiling and welcoming and i felt like he was going to just like pick him up and like twirl him as with a hug <laughs> well He's no so excited i i have to say probably the most emotional i got in this episode was watching general washington's reaction to the line and like an allegiance is imminent mm-hmm. um between french the french and the americans and just seeing like the the whirlwind of emotions that's going on because he's touched, he's obviously very glad, he's relieved because, as we know, mm-hmm. one of his big sources of guilt from last week's episode was losing the vital bit of information that would have been able to get the French on their side, and he thought that had been lost to him. So to hear that, like, 
that all of that guilt must have just been lifted off of his shoulders and you could just see it in the performance. It was it was one of the most moving things I've seen in this episode. I agree. Yeah. No. <laughs> but then um later on, you know what this means is uh you know they're they're obviously this is very great news and they're going to be taking back Philadelphia essentially and so we we get the scene with him and Benedict Arnold mm-hmm. uh, and he's giving Benedict Arnold the promotion that he's been craving Benedict Arnold doesn't want an increase in title he wants to go out into battle I think he wants both yeah let's he, be honest. he wants a lot of things let's <laughs> be honest um, but yeah he he's He's still not fully recovered, so Washington is like, we need you, but we don't need you out on the field right now. Uh, When we get you back on the field, we want you back to 100%. If you're anything less than 100%, you're not going to be any good to us because you rally the men. If you're not at 100%, you're not going to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. And um, it's hard to watch scenes like this because you know exactly where it's going Eventually, you know exactly what it's going to lead to, and it's just kind of this really hard progression to watch. You know it's just going to get worse and worse as things go on. The thing that I think Benedict isn't looking towards is, is the end goal, and I think with most people, when they say something like that, when you watch in a, a show or even in real life, we're, we're like, you know, let's we're going to put you this great promotion in Philly and all this kind of stuff, you know, and then they'll just tell you that they're going to send you back when you feel better. I feel like Washington is actually a man of his word, no, so he, I think he yeah. does want him back on the battlefield and he but he does want him to get better to be able to be at that level that he used to be at. I mean we saw him you know, they made a point out of watching him get off of a horse even. Yeah. If he's in battle and that happens, he could probably die or he's gonna risk the lives of the people around him that are gonna try to protect him. So he is he's he's a he's bad more thing of a liability. Exactly. Yeah. He's a liability. Yeah, <laughs> once he like, gets back up to a hundred percent, he and even when he's not up to a hundred percent, he's still a very valuable asset. But in battle, he is more of a liability, and that's the thing. Um, well, and like look at a John Andre who is not in battle ever. We don't ever see him. And Robert Rogers makes a comment about that that his field isn't as good as offsite, but he's just as big of a player. As somebody who is in battle, or you see Washington, and yeah, he goes out in battle as well, but he's in the tent a lot, and he's making plans, and I think Benedict, I think it'd almost be good for him to be able to blend those two together, but I think he can't see so far past his his ego. He's he's less of a strategist and more of a warrior, you know, Mm -hmm. like out on the front lines, and that's where he feels like he belongs. So I guess being confined to a tent or a desk, he sees that, you know, that's not what he's meant for. That's not, he, he believes in his own personal glory. And that's part of the problem, mm-hmm. is he is so concerned with his own sense of pride and his own glory and legacy that he's not willing to step back and go, what's actually going to win us the war? And that's what we saw last week, that Washington is. Mm-hmm. That's what makes him ultimately a better leader, is because he said, if I'm going mad, I can't, I can't, I can't run this area. No. And I feel like Benedict... Even though he's not 
mentally unstable in that way you know physically and that's part of his job and he can't recognize he can't separate that yeah and i feel like he feels like he could win the war on his valor alone Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's it takes more than that to win a war it takes a lot of strategy it takes a lot of spying it takes a lot more than just being good on the battlefield that's part of it but Mm -hmm. there's a lot more to it than that and if he can't separate that then obviously yeah he's going to have a lot of issues with his own pride yeah like i said it's just hard to watch it's so hard to watch because you know how it's gonna end yeah and that's the other thing where you're cheering for for it to be like you know don't go that way don't go that direction and and it's going to well especially at this point because there's so much mutual respect going on but um but with every single episode that passes by, Benedict feels like he's being slighted more and more, and he's being more and more insulted. And you know, just at some point, it, there's going to be something that's the straw that breaks the camel's back, mm-hmm. and and he's just going to snap and be like, "I can't take it anymore." So, although since you mentioned it, let's talk about Rogers and Andre um, and and Peggy because that. <laughs> That was a wonderful scene. Just Robert Rogers coming back to kind of gloat (laughs) over John Andre because he and Peggy are in the middle of making plans to elope, which I don't know how sincere those plans. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit because they, they create these plans to elope because Gates has ordered an evacuation of Philadelphia, which means that Andre is going to have to leave. Peggy insists on going with him. And the only way for them to really do that is to go and elope, which would, she would be disowned by her family. And she's perfectly okay with that. And he seems to be supportive of that decision. He's like, your family may abandon you, but I will never abandon you. Your husband will be your family. And I noted, I was like, he said he won't abandon you and that your husband will be your family. He didn't ever say those two people would be the same person. Yeah, he's mm. a very clever girl, as you would say. <laughs> clever girl. Um, <laughs> I, I think he cares for her. I still think, I think Andre is kind of like Benedict Arnold. He can't see past the battle Yeah, for and, anything else. And only for Andre, it's the entire war. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, being out there on the front lines of the battlefield. It's winning the whole game. It's the game. strategy, and he likes the game. And as much as he cares for Peggy, she's, she's number two. Well, he's he's so used to using people as pawns from far away. This is the first time, because, you know, like you said, Rogers makes the comment about him being out on the battlefield and not really knowing what it's like to get field experience. Mm-hmm. This is the first time I think he's been so personally involved with a piece on the board. Mm-hmm. It's just so, and not, so you think his not, wires are kind of getting crossed. So I think this is the first time where he's being on the equivalent of the front lines for mm-hmm. him um, because he's so used to playing from far away and being so separated from the game, being able to see it from a distance. This is the first time he's actually gotten out into the field to play. And I think that's taking a little bit more of an emotional toll on him than he anticipated. I think he does love her in his own way, but 
ultimately that's not going to stop him from using her. Mm -hmm. And you can see that on his face. He clearly cares about her, but he's still using her and he's going to continue to use her for as long as he possibly can until he wins. Yeah, especially since he, you know, he, he saw the letter that Benedict wrote and and I, I feel like a light went off when you, he saw it. Do you think if um, he hadn't, if they hadn't gotten that letter, say Benedict hadn't been able to write back or the letter had been lost in the post or maybe she just chose not to share it with him, do you think that he would have still asked her to stay there or do you think they would have gone ahead with their plans and just eloped? I think maybe they would have eloped, but I still think he would have figured out a way to... If if they elope and it's known that she's married, his plan goes away. Yeah, I mean, there's it's going to get back to Benedict that, and then he's not going to flirt with the girl anymore. <laughs> I mean, it's also possible that he like he didn't think that plan was going anywhere because you have to change your plans. But once he saw that, he's like, I can't stop. I think the biggest thing was the fact that he's evacuating Philadelphia, and because he was so vague with her. Even from the beginning, I th- I think he was always having an escape plan, and I think an exit strategy. Now, if he would have stayed in Philadelphia for the long run, and that relationship would have developed, because how long they've been going out? Only a couple months now. It it can't have been too long, no. Yeah, so it's it's not to that extent, and I'm sure you know she's only able to sneak away a certain amount of time, but it hasn't developed into somebody that he relies on. So I think losing her. As much as as he's cared for her more than I think anybody he's ever been involved with, it's still not at that point where it's a life-changing thing for him. Which, we got really mad at Rogers, actually, this week, uh, when he said, uh, she's no common actress. We were like, whoa. That was a dig Philomena. Yeah. You do not mess with her. Shame on you. She is a lady, sir. (laughs) And she is awesome. So... Watch it, Rogers. You are on thin ice. <laughs> Just so you know, fictional character in a television show, you are on thin ice. Who <laughs> can't hear me? But um, but yeah, this uh, going back to him, the two of them. That was a very interesting scene because Rogers, the last time he and Andre saw each other, he was being court-martialed. He, basically, um, he was being uh, he was being he was stripped of his power over the Queen's Rangers. And was essentially told to bugger off. Mm-hmm. Uh, so him coming back with order, direct orders from the king uh, to to you know verify with John Andre that this was in fact the parchment that he was looking for, and then to burn it and then get paid. Which I think it's interesting that he says that he's going far away from the war now that he wants to be paid in I don't gold. That. Do you believe that? <laughs> Um, on the one hand, I almost do because so much stuff is happening, but he's not going to go far enough away where he can't make some money off of it. I feel like maybe part of him meant it where he was like, I'm, I mean, I, I think everything he said was just to dig at John Andre, mm-hmm. um, because obviously there's that little bit like of pettiness between them, <laughs> you know, for that little thing that happened last season, no big, um, but I think everything he said was meant to dig at John Andre. So maybe that was part of the plan. But ultimately, he's going to do whatever he feels is the most profitable thing, thing for him to do. If that means going over, you know, across the world to Asia, then it means going across the world to Asia. But if it, I think 
he likes the idea of you know wherever there's money at and wherever there's a war usually there's someone there to make some money and i think he can continue to do that or he might even you know while he's in the middle of you know going after people who wronged him he might even go after simcoe to see if he can try to get control of the queen's rangers back that would be an interesting fight yeah because i don't have they had a scene together if they did, it was, it was very brief. brief. Yeah, if, I, if uh, I, I don't. I genuinely don't remember. Mm-hmm. But um, but if they did, John it was very Andre brief. Throw so many parties. Can't <laughs> keep track of that. That A listers <laughs> that get in there. Well, and Rogers was in Satoket for a little while. So, mm-hmm. but I feel like that was when Simcoe was still captured. So, um, so yeah, I don't know if they ever exchanged a word together. Actually, but mm-hmm. um, you know, if we're wrong, please let us know. Uh, it's been a little bit. But um, but yeah, so that is also a possibility. He could just be like, okay, now that that's done, now that I'm paid, I'm going to go, you know, go over. And he hasn't actually been paid yet. So, no. so yeah, because he wanted to be paid in cash and it doesn't quite work that way. Um, so I think, yeah, we're, we haven't seen the last of Robert Rogers. No, and, and so he left and John Andre cut off his braid. Oh. That was a moment. <laughs> It was a travesty. <laughs> and he's married, quote unquote. <laughs> we are married now. Oh, no, honey. No, it doesn't work that way. No, Peggy, no. <laughs> this, again, this was really hard to watch, first of all, because he cut off that braid. I think we were both, we both gasped. I think Megan, <laughs> like a part of your heart, died. <laughs> like a piece of you went away with the pain. The look on John Andre's face, that that was the feeling in my heart when he cut off that I braid. I don't think he was sad about losing her. I think he was sad, <laughs> sad about, about losing braid. the braid. He's <laughs> like, my hair is gone. I pulled a Britney. It's gone. It's just Thanks. gone. Um, but it was. It was shocking because that's always been, like, the well, thing. Well, they even that- talked about it this season. A <laughs> <laughs> cute little braid. <laughs> it's gone now. It makes me sad. Is she just going to, like, hold on to it, I guess? I don't know what I'd do if my boyfriend's like, here's my hair. <laughs> I mean, it was different back then. They didn't have cell phones to just text each other. Now it's really weird to have, like, a piece of someone's hair. That's, like, weird and creepy. But at least back then, you didn't have a means of, like, direct communication in the way that we have now. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, you can't just, like, text or Facebook your boyfriend and, like, get a response in two seconds. But I feel like the hanky was kind of a thing, like, you know. Give, give like a little like hanky with, the, with um, the initials on it or yeah, something. Yeah, the embroidery or whatever. I would have preferred that over, here's my braid. Aw, <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, honey. You shouldn't have. <laughs> something like an emblem. I I don't know. It, it did. It hurt my heart, though. <laughs> anyway. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's interesting because that leaves us in an interesting place with John Andre. It's like, okay. He's single, he ready to mingle. <laughs> Again, Philomena, come back. Um, but yeah, it, it puts him in a very interesting position because I don't think he's ever been this emotionally compromised while playing the game. And he's not going to stop playing anytime soon, but I think this is the first time it's actually taking a toll on him. Well, I think with the distance, too, it'll be easier for him to focus more on the game now. Yeah. Since, since the, the move. Yeah. Uh, and Yeah, it's going to be a lot easier to try to manipulate her when she's not directly in front of him. It's mm-hmm. it's not going to melt his heart, you nope. know, that sort of thing. Uh, but anyway, 
Oh, we talked about that. Let's let's go back to Hewlett a little bit because poor poor Hewlett. Oh my gosh, we okay. We might have laughed a little bit at the beginning of this episode where we see how he survived the night. Um, we might have. I might have. Making... I might have said, and I thought they smelled bad on the outside. <laughs> we don't know that reference. It's Star Wars. Yes. Shame on you if you don't know that reference. First of all, uh, second of all, yes, it was a Star Wars <laughs> reference. What a smart move for him. First of all, that here's a guy who doesn't want to be in a war, who a couple episodes ago was wearing a beret and looking at the stars and talking about how he doesn't how like battle. And that was so cute. <laughs> and he comes out of the last couple episodes just taken names even when he's being tortured and doesn't have any toes and he's able to really pull together when he needs to and we were actually having um a discussion about this and this is one of the many reasons why i wish you were here last uh, last week because i thought he cut off his toes so that he wouldn't try to make an escape Mm -hmm. um so that he would remain and face his sentence bravely and with honor as opposed to trying to run away which probably in his mind would have been the cowardly thing to do but you made the comment that you thought he did it because he had frostbite Mm -hmm. which actually it kind of seemed like that might have been the case because i don't recall him symbolic though mine's just like (laughs) he's like man my toes hurt (laughs) cut these suckers off well uh, you made the point that they they didn't really bleed Mm -hmm. and if like you know it was dead tissue because of frostbite and he was sitting out there naked for so long and it was winter and yeah it was definitely cold it was entirely possible that he had frostbite so i don't know (laughs) i'm not entirely sure i i like Burn, let us know. Yeah, feel free to let us know. us. <laughs> he has let a Twitter now. First tweet to, uh, to, to After Buzz and yeah. let us know why you cut Just off your toes. Tweet hashtag ABTV turn. Yeah, yeah. no big deal. But um, <laughs> but yeah, so he he's made his escape and he luckily he found some clothes because that would have been awful if he just had to run through the woods naked. Um, so luckily he found some clothes and he was able to, you know, hide out for the night. And now he actually runs into Robeson of all people who, not going to lie, we had all but forgotten about. <laughs> yeah, it's been so long. It's like one of those friends where you're like, oh, that's right. Like you said, like you meet right. him at work in once. the show. I <laughs> forgot. I recognized you. Yeah. Um, we'd all but forgotten about him. But, and he's there to like make some black market deals waiting for somebody. He didn't say who. Um, I presumed it was a privateer of some sort mm-hmm. or maybe even Caleb. <laughs> never know. Uh, never know. But he manages to bring Hewlett back to Satake and there he is starting to recover at Whitehall and uh <laughs> I love Mary hashtag team Mary because Richard is trying to play it off that like oh yeah Abe's not here he's in New York it's no big deal and Mary turns around and is still like no, he's in prison. He's been in prison this whole time. I love that she found her voice. Yes. She's been using it. I Yeah, no, it's fantastic because a season ago, she would have just quietly retreated to the other room. She would have excused herself and then maybe discussed it with Richard there and then probably have been dismissed. And she's not taking that anymore. And I love seeing that from her. Especially with Hewlett because 
he all of a sudden he had a mission and i think that's what he's looking for is yeah it's not it's not to be in a battle but the fact that he's able to save somebody that was helping him um and now that he's feeling better, I, I really like that. And you can see him brighten up. Yeah, no, he's 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 purpose. Like mm-hmm. there's a fire that's been lit. And actually, he says that he will he will write the letter to save Abe, but he has some business to attend to first. And as we see him, you know, getting up from bed, we are left without really knowing what that is. And we had no previews for next yeah, week on we, our recording. Yeah, we apologize. We we were watching on DVR, and the preview for next week got cut off. Mm-hmm. So we don't know. So <laughs> we do prediction, our, our predictions. Our predictions are, are going to be a little out there tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Not too out there, of course, but yeah. Yeah, there will still be a little bit grounded. But, but then the aliens um, came. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then Benjamin Franklin jumps out of his time machine. Exactly. <laughs> but, um... But so we, he does say he has some business to attend to, and we don't know what that is. Presumably, it's seeing Anna because you know he, as he was looking up in the stars, she was the thing that was he was thinking about to try to get through the night. Where, <sighs> honestly, last week when they put the tarp over over the star, you know, over the top of his prison, that was the saddest thing because mm-hmm. he was just looking up and he's like, "No, you can't even give me my stars." No. And um, so, yes, I think that basically wraps it up for this week. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's let's go into some predictions. And now, you're after Buzz TV. I love the late show. This is really trippy when my contact's moving around. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody's listening, they do a light, cool light show in our yeah, they in the do studio. a cool strobe, multicolored strobe light effect. It's the best <laughs> thing ever. It makes me so happy. Anyway, so again, unfortunately, we didn't get to see the preview for next week, uh, so we're a little in the dark about what <laughs> happened. So don't don't be too mad about how off our predictions are inevitably going to be, mm-hmm. but. Um, but kind of going off of that, we um, we were talking before the show started that we we were missing a couple of characters this episode, including Anna, and Abigail and Jordan weren't to be seen in this episode either. So I think that since Peggy is gone, we'll probably get a little bit more of John Andre and Abigail because he he made an offer to her to bring Cicero into the house and. <laughs> That you know that still hasn't gone anywhere, and that was kind of a big thing for us. So it's possible that she'll be able to say, "Actually, I don't want him here because the rebels are coming back in." Can we wait and maybe use that as an excuse to kind of defer that? I was actually it's so funny you said that because that was exactly my thought. With um, I kept trying to remind myself in my head, like, "Okay, mention Abigail later." Uh, I think maybe not even just for her sake with them evacuating. He might say, hey, I know I made this promise to you. We're going to New York now. I don't think it's safe for him to go. And I think, I really hope we get Abigail in the ring, too. I think she would, I think that would be such a great addition. Yeah, because she was, she was very hesitant when she initially found the message to officially become part. Because, again, it's a completely different thing to send a message to a longtime friend, somebody that you grew up with that you think of as a little sister, kind of. Um, and it's a completely different thing to get something from Washington's head of intelligence. Mm-hmm. That is, Those are two completely different ball games, And I think it scared her a lot. And 
again, understandable. That would it would be terrifying, especially when you are in the middle of the enemy camp. Um, and again, kind of feeling bad because John Andre is so kind to everyone he meets. Um, so yeah, it's definitely a conflicting thing. But yeah, I, I definitely think that moving in that direction, that we're going to find a way to kind of keep Cicero and Satakit so that they can keep that chain of communication open. And I think next week too. We'll see a little bit more Simcoe. He was tending to his wound. So I think he'll be a little bit more back in action. And I feel like he's going to do something even more. There's going to be a really huge moment that Jordan's going to see. And I think that's going to cause a problem. And maybe that's when Rogers takes over as Queen Rangers again. Or maybe Jordan becomes the head of it. Now that would be interesting. That, um, and again... Simcoe would be and Simcoe would be making another enemy because Simcoe keeps track of the people who have wronged him. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if Jordan would necessarily want to get onto that list, but it would be it would be extremely interesting to see Simcoe denied a position of power again. Um because you know where would he go from there because he has the Queen Rangers you know that it's yeah, it was kind of a promotion from being court-martialed but at the same time, it was very much, you are put here because you're a loose cannon, and I don't know where else you go if even the Queen Rangers isn't somewhere you can be accepted. Mm-hmm. So, And we only have two more episodes. This season, yeah. yeah. And um, so, yeah, Simcoe will probably turn around. When they figure out that Hewlett is back in Satake, they'll they'll make a beeline back for Satake. And it'll be like it was last season, um, where Simcoe's just going to be looking to start a fight. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm worried that next time they go into Satake, they're just going to go in guns blazing. Yeah. That's probably the finale. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> and um, again, with Lafayette being here uh, and with an allegiance with the French imminent, we'll probably get more of that and maybe more historical figures. Uh, so, yeah, let's uh, let's let's I can't wait to see. It's going to be fun, Me too. Um, and again, we, we didn't mention it at the top of the show, but happy Memorial Day, everybody. Yeah. And to um, everybody, you know, who's who served or sacrificed to serve as well. I'm, you know. You worked on a military base. I have family in the military, so... <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I was a civilian employee on the military base, so for everybody who serves their country, um, thank you so, yeah. so much. And for everybody who who knows somebody, you know, just take, take a moment of today and really reflect and remember all the hard work that they do to protect... You know, to give their lives in service of this country. Yeah. So, and what perfect show to do it. To <laughs> exactly, <for that. laughs> exactly. Um, so, yes, Kristen, where can people find you if they want to find out more? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Kristen Carroll thirteen, and I'll be on turn mostly. And then, who knows what I'm up to in the summer? Um, hopefully, I have a few premieres we're waiting to get to get on. So, here's hoping. Yeah, yeah there there's some good summer shows coming up. So maybe maybe if something comes up, that mm-hmm. would be fun to do. Uh, and I'm Megan. You can follow me on Twitter at the Menguin. That's T H E M E N G U I N. I'm also on a bunch of shows here at AfterBuzz, and I've started writing articles for the Movie Chick, Chick with Two Ks. Be sure to check those out, folks. Thank you so much for everybody who participated in the hashtag, everybody who participated in the live chat on YouTube. Thank you guys so much. We will see you guys next week. Bye. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. 
to watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, see you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.